0: Right to be read podcast, episode number 35, interview with Pat Flynn.
1: You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Right podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. Today, I have a very special guest. Actually, I waited for him until 2 a.m. to record, but he's worth it. I'm absolutely sure. It's uh, Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn makes a living on the Internet and considers himself the luckiest person on earth. Through his very popular blog called Smart Passive Income, he shows his experience and helps his readers reach their goals. So besides that, Pat was the first person who encouraged me to start this podcast, actually. That is why I'm really, really happy to have you here, Pat. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And and just congratulations. This is so cool because I was just talking to you uh, right before we started recording. I remember our first conversations we had about... Sort of what you should do and, and you've taken the advice and you've run with it and you've done so well and you just passed, I mean, I don't, you, you five, I mean, thousands of people are listening to your show now and it's just incredible. So congratulations to you and uh, also hello to everybody out there listening
0: thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you know, many people are asking me how come I had the access to you. So after I had it, and you gave <laughs> advice, I just couldn't afford not listening to that. <laughs> so, oh,
1: thank you for taking the advice and, you, and actually doing it. That's cool.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you for talking. I mean, spending the time because I know that people like you who are very popular are usually difficult to access and they are usually very busy and don't have time. Uh, so I I really appreciated that
1: uh, no problem i think it is actually helpful that you are on the other side of the world from where i am i'm in the u.s for those of are listening and i do my work late late at night typically when everybody here is asleep so annie and i were connected through facebook through this facebook uh, kindle group which we'll be talking about i'm sure and um, she has provided a lot of value in that group and because of that i was more than happy to help her out a little bit and um, of course Now she has a podcast and thousands of downloads, and uh, now we're on the show together. This is so cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, who would imagine, (laughs) imagine? Well, I I want to start with uh, something I read in your blog and also in your book. And that's mainly the statement which I would like you to elaborate. And it says, getting laid off was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. So can you elaborate that and explain why you say it?
1: Sure. I mean, when you hear that phrase, getting laid off, you think immediately a lot of negative things, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And those were definitely things that I was feeling at the time when I was told I was going to be laid off. This was in a uh, position in the architecture field that I had, and this is back in 2008 when I was told the news. It it was not happy news at first. But over time and through a lot of struggles and a lot of sort of soul searching and trying to figure out what to do, looking back now – I've made decisions, a lot of decisions that helped me get to where I'm at today as an entrepreneur, as an author, as a business owner, that I wouldn't have made if I didn't get laid off. And I always think back to that day, and I wonder what would happen if I actually wasn't laid off? What would I be doing today? I would still be doing architecture. I'd probably be happy, but I wouldn't even know anything about this world or even try anything in this world because I was totally happy, quote, happy and secure in that job. but. Like I said, it was definitely a, a huge blessing in disguise. And now, um, you know, I see it as, as, you know, things happen for a reason. You know, it's sort of cliche to say that, but it did. It happened so that I could explore these other options and do what I can to, you know, provide for my audience who have, I've built over time, but also make a great living for my family. And most of all, and most important to me, the new sort of career path that I've chosen after getting laid off. Uh, It has allowed me to spend more time with my children as they grow up. And my son, uh, we were just talking before this, too, about how he is now entering school. And so it's like harder for me than it is for him. (laughs) Because I've been with him 24-7 or, you know, as, as long as I can, as I could be here at home since I work from home. And now he's off at school and he's not at home anymore. And I'm like what am I going to do with myself? Because, you know, I miss the guy. But that's what's most important to me. But yeah, the layoff, I mean, it all contributed to, to the happy stuff that I feel today.
0: So uh, the layoff was absolutely the the biggest trigger that led you to where you are now. But uh, when you were back at work, did you have these thoughts uh, of leaving and starting something on your own, but you didn't want to take the risk? Or you didn't even think about that before?
1: Well, I, I always wanted to... Do something sort of on the side, but you know, I, I didn't have much time because of, of my architecture position. So that's what that's one thing that the layoff layoff helped with. You know, I had all the time in the world to figure things out, whereas before I didn't because I was so focused and actually drained from doing everything for for my boss and in that company. Uh, but you know, I I always envisioned myself becoming an entrepreneur at some point something related in the architecture field 30 years down the road after becoming a project manager, after getting a lot of experience in the architecture field, I envisioned my future to be as a business owner, as a owner or principal at an architecture firm, but never would I have ever guessed in my wildest dreams that I would have been sort of a solo entrepreneur like this and actually being able to, you know, change lives from my desktop computer or my laptop. Um, It's just really amazing what we're able to do these days. And, you know, I think the coolest thing about all of this is now you know people thank me by name. You know, thanks, Pat. And this was always happening even after I started my architecture website. After I got laid off, where I was helping people pass an exam, they're like, Pat, thank you so much for helping me this uh, pass this exam. And now it's Pat, thank you for the podcast or thank you for writing this book. It's like they're addressing me by name. And if I stuck with architecture, you know, I was working even harder than I am now, and 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 way more hours, and I wasn't really getting thanked for that work. Nobody was calling me by name, and. You know, when we think about it, nobody knows who designed the buildings that we're in like right now or, you know, that we go through. We don't even think about that. But here we are in my own little world online and people are thinking me by name. That's 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 like just the craziest and coolest part about it.
0: Uh I see. Well, uh, and actually, in your first book, Let Go, you uh, talk about this journey. You uh, you started from the point when you were laid off until the point where you are now. Uh, So when you wrote this book, you were already quite uh, popular. Uh, Actually, you were more or less where you are now. And you already were making money online. So what made you uh, decide to write a book?
1: Well, the book was a decision that I made um, because, you know, I've told my story before and every time I've told a story in a blog post or just, you know, a quick five minutes in an interview here or there, it's always resonated really well with people. I I know it's a great story. And when you know you have a great story, you need to tell it. But I was only being able to tell it on these short format, uh, you know, um, content platforms. And, you know, so the book idea came about when people kept asking me, well, how did you feel when this happened? or Can you give me more information about this? Or you know, what was it really like? Tell me. And so the book was a great way to sort of address all those things and actually take people deep inside my brain and my heart at the time of when I got laid off and everything I was going through, all the doubts, all the struggles, all the decisions I made, everything that helped along the way, everybody else that had an influence on my life at that point from my uh, then fiance and now wife to my dad to other people who were doing online business already. It was a great way to sort of package all that into one Sort of story, um, and and also just provide you know that much more inspiration more than a five minute interview or a blog post could do. So that that's really where it started, and it's just been amazing the reaction from people. Um, you know, I've, I launched it on a platform called Snippet App, and that was also a big trigger in terms of getting it started because these guys over at Snippet App they were creating this uh, iPad iPhone app that mm-hmm. allowed you to create stories in a way that was never. You know possible before, which is through text, like a book, but also with integrating images and integrating videos and also integrating social media,
0: mm-hmm. so I was like, "Wow,
1: this is really cool. Maybe I can check this out and they they invited me to be one of the first uh, authors on the platform, which was really cool and I know that I knew that was a big risk because it was brand new, obviously, and I could have easily just put it on amazon and and you know. Because I had that following already shot up really high in the rankings, but, you know, I wanted to tell my story the way it needed to be told. And um, so I did it on snippet app with a lot of videos interviews, I hired a videographer. Uh, my buddy Caleb to follow me to San Francisco and shoot videos on location when certain decisions happened and you know we visited the, the office uh, where I was told I was going to be laid off although we didn't add that into the book actually um, interviews with my wife my son or my, uh, my dad and you know you could see my kids in there too so it's very personal I've made it very personal I made the story much more real um, and, and just brought people into my life it's sort of that's what a book does right it sort of transports us whether it's fiction or nonfiction. fiction it transports the reader into that world and I wanted, to pe- I wanted people to experience what it was like to be in that world at the time of that uh, tragic moment, which actually turned into something amazing.
0: So which, which part was bigger, like your need to tell this story or the demand that people had, like they, they wanted to find out more about the story or both were equal, which one kind of, you know, made you decide to go for it? Because I can presume since it's a very personal story and you let people into your life and you kind of bury yourself. It's quite uncomfortable to do that. So it it apparently you needed a a big reason for this.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true. Although I'm sort of a little bit unique in the way that I I share everything. Like if you follow my blog, you know that I share everything, including like how much money I make and where it comes from and stuff. So that was not really a big deal. I mean, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, I had to obviously talk to my wife about it. And because she was featured in the book too, if she'd get her blessings and same with my father and things like that. So those things were involved. But you know, I think there was there's quite a big demand for for the truth. I mean, not that every time I told a story it wasn't true, but the, you know, the actual detailed feelings and accounts of everything that happened, just so people understood exactly what I went through and that mainly to show that um you know it's part part like, hey guys, like This internet business stuff it doesn't happen overnight there's going to be struggles along the way there's going to be failures you're going to have a hard time you're going to want to give up here's how i went through all the same feelings that you're going through right now that was one sort of here here's how it went down with me and so you could you know it became something people could relate to and be like oh yeah well i'm feeling those same things right now and pat got through it so i'm going to keep going that was one big major reason to uh to to publish the book but you know, another big reason was to help differentiate myself in the market that I'm in. Because the space that I'm in, especially with the online marketing, internet business space, there's a lot of people out there who try to hide themselves. You know, they just put the best foot forward. They just try to present the best information and uh, try to pretend to be uh, perfect at everything. Mm-hmm. Where whereas I sort of take a different stance in the space. I say, hey guys, I'm just Pat. I mess up a lot, and sometimes it goes well, and I do things, and sometimes it goes. doesn't go well. And here's exactly how I got started, Uh, just to sort of even more so be become transparent and authentic with my audience. And I've heard from a lot of people who have read the book, like, wow, like, I am even more a raving fan now of you because of the details you shared in that story. Like, I like those are type like in this story, I shared a lot of the things that People would only kind of share with their best friends, right, yeah. or their their family members, and you know that's how I treat my audience. I treat my audience like they're my family or my friends, so I want to to share them with them things that are a little bit personal. I mean, obviously there's a line there, and everybody has a different line, but I wasn't um, I, I was okay with sh- sharing a little bit more than I usually did on interviews in this book.
0: Well, I I can tell you, I I mean, I read the book and I had the same feeling that, uh, first of all, the first feeling was that it was quite conversational. And when you read the book, you end up thinking, "Ah, you know, I know this guy, although you don't really know him personally. Mm. But you you get like the feelings you had and the story you went through after reading the book, you kind of feel closer to that person. And uh, the second thing that one feels is I felt... Uh, absolutely encouraged because you you see that uh, this person who has reached uh, so many goals and who's done so many things uh, just you know a few years ago was in your shoes and that's what i'm trying to do with this podcast as well i'm trying to show people who were just like the listeners are now a few years ago and to show that everything is possible and it's real and things happen so your book completely illustrated the same message and since you said that being personal and showing your story wasn't a big problem for you which were the biggest challenges that you went through when you started writing your book since you know it's it's the it was the first book you were writing right
1: Actually, it's, it, it's uh, interestingly enough, it was the uh, second book that I started writing. Um, it's the first book that I actually finished.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is an interesting story because I wanted to write a book about something that people were talking a lot about around my brand. I was sort of uh, known, and I still am known for this guy who is online and who's built a massive brand by not just starting in one place, or, or not just... Uh, sort of being just a blogger, but being a blogger who also podcasts and does YouTube. So I'm sort of everywhere. I'm sort of known as this guy who's everywhere, or it might seem like I'm everywhere because I put myself on all these different popular platforms in all these different media formats. And so I was writing a book about that strategy, the strategy of sort of doing the things to make it seem like that wherever people go, go, that you're there too with them and um so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on every platform on every social media platform and, and you know all of them but it's just be on the most important one so it seems like you're everywhere and so I was starting that book and that was a massive challenge for me i still haven't finished it i don't know if it's something i'm going to finish but that was one of the hardest things i mean just getting through a few chapters of that was one of the hardest things i've ever done um it you know, I could it's interesting because I, I ha, I've had a blog since two thousand and seven. Smart Passive Income has been there since two thousand eight, and I've been cranking out content weekly for years. And I can do now, because I'm I've been writing a lot, you know, I, I can do a four thousand word post in, in an evening. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember a couple times I was sitting there on Scrivener just like with the next chapter in mind, and I was staring at a blank screen for an hour with like one sentence done. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, I had such a hard time because I was in, you know, I, I was too worried about every single letter, you know, mm-hmm. every single word, every single paragraph. I wanted it to be perfect. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of writers out there can understand that, you know, that's where the writer's block came from. And I learned that I was struggling because I was editing while I was writing.
0: Those are two (laughs) completely
1: separate things. You know, editing is one thing that uses one side of the brain. Writing is another thing that uses a completely different section of the brain. And I read a bird that was recommended to me after talking about this called uh, Bird by Bird. And it was uh, about this woman who talks about you know, her career with writing and and getting over writer's block and, you know, taking things one step at a time, you know, bird by bird, one at a time, Mm -hmm. but also just not worrying about editing along the way. She pretty much says like, throw up on the screen, just put anything up there, write anything. Like some people actually take their delete key off their keyboard to force (laughs) themselves not to delete anything, which I think is a really smart idea, although I don't want to break my keyboard. So that's why I don't (laughs) do that. But the point is just to, when you're in creative writing mode, you know you not you get rid of the edit, editor in you in yourself you just cre- you just are creative and you break whatever it is that you want to write up there like 80 percent of it is going to be crap but that 20 percent that comes out that stuff that is amazing and that wouldn't normally come out if you didn't give yourself a chance to just just put it out there and see what see what comes out um and i learned the same thing actually when i started doing public speaking when i started public speaking which I was initially definitely afraid of, but I've been doing a lot of it now. But when I started to get really into it at first, I wrote down every single word of every single part of the presentation. Like I scripted the whole thing. And I memorized 30 to 40 pages because I wanted to make sure I got it all right. And then I hired a coach because I was really serious about it. And my coach, I told him, hey, I script the whole thing. Is that, isn't that that like awesome how I do that? <laughs> and then he's like, you are crazy. <laughs> Why would you do that? And I said, well, I don't, I don't want to I don't want to forget anything. Well, he's like, okay, well, I get that. But he, and this is, this is the big moment here. He's, he said, Pat, you are not giving yourself a chance to have a real conversation with your audience. You are not allowing yourself to be creative. And he said, he's like, do you script your conversations that you have with your friends? And I'm like, no, that's silly. And he's like, exactly. And I was like, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just know what points you want to talk about or what stories you want to tell and just tell them, be confident in yourself. Amazing things are going to come out. You know, when you talk to a friend, you don't know exactly what you're going to say, but you know kind of what you're going to say. And then it ends up becoming this really interesting story that's beautifully elaborated sometimes and um, that, you know, there's parts of it that you wouldn't have thought of before. I mean, stuff comes out when you just let it come out. And that's the same with writing. And so when I wrote Let Go, I sort of stopped with Be Everywhere because I was just really frustrated with it. And I started Let Go. And it was a little it was it was a lot easier because I took that approach, too, but also because Um, It was a story that I've told before, but I just was able to pull from personal experiences and put a lot more detail into it. And um, it was still difficult at times. There were times where I was still looking at the blank screen, but um, because I had outlined what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, it was really easy for me to get right back on the path whenever I fell off.
0: I see. And maybe you were more passionate about the topic and it was more personal. That's why it came easier. Mm,
1: I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Well, since we're talking about Let Go right now, uh, I know that uh, when you started writing Let Go or when you decided to write, I don't know when exactly, so you'll tell us about that, you created a, a closed Facebook group. And it became a very uh, big and amazing community where um, Kindle writers help each other and support and, and ask questions and get different help and support from other members and from you as well. So what made you think about creating that Facebook group. And uh, did you reach the main goals why you were creating those as a result, uh, the the group as a result? Or, uh, you know, you were expecting something else and it it became better or worse? What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, so I have this Facebook group that um, I started when I started writing Let Go. And I did that because I wanted to bring people through this journey with me. That's sort of what I've done on the blog all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't want to sort of flood my blog with daily posts about how I was writing this book that would just become too overwhelming but I gave the option for people who wanted to follow along to join me in this Facebook group and sort of see my progress and you know I people love to see the progress progression of things and you know as always as I always do I'm gonna I talk about you know what I was doing or what my plans were and what I wish I'd done better and what I did right, what I did wrong and things like that. And I was doing that. It was great. And people loved it. And, um, then it just started to grow and grow. And, and, you know, then it was like 500 people. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like people following my journey. And then I started to ask uh, questions from a lot of people in the group, um, because a lot of them were actually writers themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just ended up turning into this amazing writer's resource where then it wasn't about me anymore. It was just about the whole community adding value to each other and sharing their success stories, sharing their books when they were published. And, you know, there was a little bit of, and you know this, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, sometimes people would come in and just promote, promote, promote. And, you know, that's not what the group is about. Um, So we, you know, we either, you know, warn them or we just ban them. You know, you're an admin too. And um, there's a great group of admins in there who are keeping control over it. And, you know, now it's, I'm looking at it right now I just opened it there are 7,758 members yeah just <laughs> crazy I mean that's bigger than some blogs and, and and companies out there and there's this group of amazing writers uh, you can check it out if you go to uh, patsfirstbook.com that'll, that'll redirect you to the Facebook page it's the easy sort of uh, way to get there And, um, you know, in in terms of goals when setting up, I mean, really it was just to take people through my journey. when I came out with my book, I also knew knew that if people were sort of invested in, you know, understanding and and following along, that they would be more likely to pick up the book, but also more likely to share it because they would have felt like they were a part of it. And that was the case. And I don't remember exactly how many people were on it when I launched, but it was, I think it was even less than a thousand. But it was Mm -hmm. still very helpful. And I think that the key strategy here for everybody out there who's writing is if you have an audience already or even if you don't, you can start to build one by taking people inside. It's sort of opening up the factory doors. You know, back in uh, the 1800s in the American Revolution, they started opening up all the factories and bringing families in and showing people around to see the kind of quality that they were putting into their products. And it just made people become more devoted to those brands. Mm -hmm. And it it was a fun thing to do. So you could do that with your audience too. And then, of course, by the time your book comes out, if they maybe you even have your audience participate or help influence where the book goes. I know there's a lot of people out there. Uh, there's a guy named Johnny B. Truant. And I believe yeah. his his partner, Sean, who um, they have this thing called fiction on Yes. I think which he was telling me about. And that seems amazing. Like he, he was, he openly wrote an entire fiction novel and talked about the entire process with his audience. And I think he even got his audience involved in helping determine some of the, I mean, if you, if you have your audience help determine sort of a little bit of what the book's going to be about, even like, well, what the cover is going to look like or how the story ends or, you know, what sections should go where and what, I mean, if they have any sort of a little bit of a say, of course they're going to get it when they get out there. They're a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but of course, if you do that, you want to thank them for it. And I've done my best to thank the people who are in the group and now it's just grown to this amazing resource. And, you know, I know it's here for when I write another book and I publish it, uh, you know, there'll be this many people who will check it out and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people in here who aren't in there for for that reason, and you know, I don't care. It's a it's a great resource, and um, a lot of people are learning how to start their businesses here and, and write books. But a lot of people are also very open and honest and caring to help others as well. Uh, you know, Steve Scott is another one yeah. uh, who I just interviewed on my podcast, who's been an incredible influence on a lot of people in this group as well. So, um, to all the admins of this group, you, you're amazing. Thank you, Liz. Um, you know there's another one Liz, Liz and she's just amazing too so I mean just everybody in there is great you're great there too Annie and um, it's just pretty awesome what has been created here so definitely if you get a chance give people a chance to see the progression of the book as it's being created because once it's out there you're going to have that ambassador group but you also have some people who will be there to market it for you but also just uh, people are going to have fun with it too
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the second stage of it was that, uh, I mean, for me, personally, this was one of the most original book launches that I've been to, Uh, you organized a virtual book launch which was very different from from Uh. the other, you know, official and standard ones. So maybe you can share uh, your experience about this. How did you come up with the idea and, you know, how well did it go? And how can our writers do the same maybe or, you know, something similar?
1: Yeah, well, you know, the book launch, uh, it was interesting because it, it was a little bit different because I had this sort of snippet app thing, but I also then later published it on Kindle and the interesting thing about that is, you know, Kindle is obviously all text, but there's a lot of videos that go along with it. So I link to the videos and there's like resource pages and stuff that the book links to from from Kindle. But that, I mean, but the, as far as the launch is concerned, you know, you really want to just uh, treat it like an event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of traditional books do that, do this. And I, I don't think a lot of people in the digital book space or the Kindle book space uh, really understand what that means is, is you know, creating buzz for it, like with the group, but also in your audience and, and out in and other influencers out there who may benefit from this book, or who have a target audience who may benefit from this book, getting connected with them, letting them check out the book for free. And, uh, you know, maybe even putting them in the book as part of a little marketing strategy as well, you know, mm-hmm. putting them, as a part of the book, uh, quoting it or whether they write the foreword or write part of it or maybe are included as an example in there. That's a great way for them to want to promote it once it comes out as well. You know, putting all the strategies into place, uh, making an event out of it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I sort of launched this sort of a little bit soft at first. I didn't do as many emails as I should have. Emails, obviously very important. Uh, but I did a, a little bit of an event and then it sort of just sat there. It did really well and, and it got to, uh, you know, pretty high in Kindle when it came out on Kindle, but then I had a great conversation with a guy named Jeff Goins from Mm -hmm. GoinsWriter.com. And I I did this podcast with him, which is really cool because the book had been out already. He did really well on Kindle with uh, also a traditionally published book. And I asked him on the show, like, hey, what would you do if you were me to promote this book again? And so those strategies were great. Whether you have a book coming out or you already have a book, you can just create an event in the future, related to it, and make make things happen in order to, to promote it again. And so that's what I did. I sort of created this thing called Let Go Day, an event around the date that I was actually let go, which was there to help promote this book, but also just uh, get people to understand why that book is there, but also just appreciate the fact that you know we have to let go of our fears and um, sometimes let go of the path that we were told to be on to go down the path that we need to go on. And so. I did, like, a little two-hour live stream. I gave away prizes. I brought my family on and uh, talked to the audience and did a Q&A, and that was super fun. And then, you know, going back to that podcast episode, I actually didn't publish it after that interview because I interviewed him again the second time. And actually, when you listen to that podcast episode, it's like the sort of before I did the promotion. And then halfway through, it stops, and then it goes to the after Mm-hmm. And then I talked yes. to Jeff again, and then he says, oh, this is what you did well, and this is what you did right, and here's what I would have done better. And so it's a great episode. Uh, let me see if I can get that number, uh, Jeff Goins, for, for those of you listening. It's like, it's, it's, uh, I've been told it was one of the best uh, podcasts to listen yeah, to. As yeah, I've
0: as listened to that too, and it was just you know packed with value.
1: So that's episode number 79. It's called Time Travel and Book Marketing, because in the middle, I actually, we do actually time travel from before to after the
0: launch Okay, I'll include it in the show notes for cool. Absolutely. So, what did you learn from your experience of writing a book? Now, if you decided to write the second one, for example, mm-hmm. uh, what would you do differently?
1: Uh, well, I am going to be writing a book very soon, and this is like more than just like a, a Kindle book. Not that there's anything wrong with just writing a Kindle book, but I am going to go potentially and most likely traditionally to try to get into the New York Times bestseller list. That's my goal. So we'll see what happens. And you know, I have all my friends like Chris Ducker and Jamie Tardy and my friend Jeff Rose, like they all came out with books in 2014. And I'm like, Oh, it's so awesome. And I'm, you know, I've been there with Chris when he's signing books and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. I can't wait to do that um and 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 also it's been one of my life goals to go to the bookstore with my kids and mm-hmm. show them the book and be like this is this is daddy's book like you could really do anything that you put your mind to and i know that's cliche but i think that would be a cool defining moment in their lives and i want to create that for them uh so you know i might go traditional self publishes on the, on, the, on the shelf too maybe but we'll see but i do want to write a second book but there was a lot of things i picked up from this first go around um the, the, the biggest thing was, you know, I had this story in my head the whole time about Let Go. And I've obviously told it before, but I never told it in this way. But I've wanted to, but I never really had the, the idea to do it. But ever since publishing it, just the, uh, f- the, the feedback from the audience has just been amazing, like life changing for a lot of people. People have literally sent me handwritten messages saying that the book changed their life, uh, which is just incredible to hear. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we all have a book inside of us and we all are. Hopefully, uh, those of us listening, we're all about to or in the middle of writing a book. And so just think about the people on the other end who are going to read that book and how much that can actually influence their life or change them. That's something that I've realized now that I have to write this other book that's in my head because if I don't, I might be letting people down and, Mm -hmm. you know, they might not even know it. So it's not about me anymore. It's about my audience and who it's, you know, and how it's going to change them. How is it going to transform them? And that's another big thing that uh, comes with book writing that I didn't really do with the, with the first book that I didn't finish was, okay, when approaching this book, what is the main purpose? How am I going to actually transform people's lives? What, like, after they read this, how is their life going to be different? It was very mm-hmm. clear with Let Go what that was. With Be Everywhere, I didn't really approach it that way, and because of that, it was harder for me to write. And I think when writing a book, you often have to, to work backwards. Like, What's the main goal? How are you going to transform? and then what are the supporting stories, what are the supporting chapters, what are the supporting points and bullet points, getting down and then finally into the detail of, okay, here's the title of the chapter, and then even finishing with the title of the book sometimes. Uh, you kind of have to work backwards, and so that's like the, that's the approach I'm going to take second time, uh, or should I say third time around, uh, coming in 2015. And so, you know, I know there's some great uh, writers out there to follow, too. I've been getting a lot of inspiration from Jeff and um, you know, from Steve and, and and a lot of people who I mean, it's just in, in this group, the the uh, at patsfirstbook.com, dot um, It's just I see people coming out with new books every day. It's very very inspiring. It's 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 continuing to push me forward so I can uh, provide something great as well. So
0: the the group members also challenge you.
1: <laughs> oh, they do, they do. They're, they're amazing. And well, so, it's
0: a healthy challenge. i It's a healthy sure challenge. That, yeah, it's which it's is a great work.
1: point. You know, I have I have mastermind groups you know that meet every week and mm-hmm. we all challenge each other. It's important to have other people in your life who can help challenge you. It's like if you go to the gym and you're just there by yourself, it can be difficult. You know I can't tell you how many times I've started going to the gym on my own and then you know gave up and then had to start over again later. Whereas if you're going with somebody, you know they'll help you. They'll push you forward, they'll hold you accountable and then you could be there to help them too and you just kind of help each other and that's kind of what this group has grown to. So I'm really thankful for that. But, you know, even getting involved with uh, one or two people specifically who sort of align with your goals or maybe you're in the same niche and, you know, you can work together to uh, help each other out with your books. You can read each other's books and uh, provide, uh, you know, great advice for each other. Um, You know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the help of other people. So when I continue to write my book in the future, I'm going to be definitely working with people along the way and getting as much advice and feedback, uh, as possible, you know, always welcome that feedback. Um, and I think another important point before I finish up is, you know, there's a few negative reviews of, of let go. Mm Uh, it is a rather shorter book and, you know, it can be hard to read those negative reviews sometimes, especially with something like let go, which is a very personal story. Uh, you just kind of have to ignore them. Like I've luckily had the experience over five years of uh, blogging online and blogging is a platform for potential negative reviews and criticism as well. So I've, you know, I've learned to grow a thick skin and you have to do that. You have to do that. As long as you know what you're doing and you're doing it for the right reasons and you know that you're there to transform people's lives and help and provide value, there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people who try to shoot you down. Uh, Don't waste your time on them because for every one person that you spend that time trying to, figure out or talk to or just get through in your head, uh, that's time you're not providing to the people who could actually benefit from what you have to say or write.
0: Oh, absolutely. I always tell that no one has ever written a book which is liked by absolutely everyone. So, you know, there will always be at least one person who won't like your book. And it's fine because you're not writing it for absolutely everyone. You're writing it for those people you are writing it for. Mm -hmm. So that's true okay just a personal question just you know out of curiosity what was the last book you gave up reading and why did you give it up or or you if you start reading a book you just have to finish it
1: Uh, i usually just i usually have to finish it um you know i I always give a book a chance you know to see if in the beginning maybe it's not that good but i'll I'll, um get through i think that i mean there is one book I haven't finished yet, and it was a book that I remember hearing Tim Ferriss talk about in his podcast when he was on with, gosh, I think it was Neil Strauss, who's a who's a amazing writer. He was saying that he listens or reads to fiction books sometimes to help him with his nonfiction writing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, one of the books was 100 Years of Solitude.
0: Uh-huh. And, Marcus, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. And I started listening to that book, and I was just having a hard time getting through it because... Um, typically, with the books that I listen to, the nonfiction stuff, it's it's pretty straightforward in terms of yeah. what the information is about. And with a fiction book, like especially one like that, there's a lot of things going on yeah. and a lot of sort of levels of meaning. And so it was really hard for me. And so I, I put that off till later. I'm probably gonna be, I'm probably going to pick up the paperback uh, instead of listening to it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a very nice book, but it's uh, sometimes difficult to follow. So I, I can't even imagine how it will be possible to follow when you're just listening to it (laughs) because even while reading it you know it needs like more concentration and a bit of you know extra attention than reading other fiction books so it's not really a light read you can do in in transport in a train or so in the airplane or whatever wherever it is yeah and that's when
1: i usually (laughs) consume my content so
0: so it's yeah i can imagine why you didn't finish listening to it (laughs) okay and the very last question because i i don't want to take it too long and i know that you're busy many writers have this problem about you know considering their works as art and then having problem of monetizing that art so uh because very uh, often uh, you know just uh, people can't really live full time just by selling books especially mm. if they are writing fiction Uh, So they are looking for other ways of, uh, for example, maybe blogging or podcasting or creating some kind of platform and doing something with their audience in order to monetize it and have the possibility of leaving, eventually leaving their full time jobs and having more time to write the books they want to write. Uh, What would be your advice about, you know, how should they go about this? Where should they start? Is it even possible? What would you say?
1: Uh, it's definitely possible. I mean, we've heard many stories of even fiction writers now doing really well, and not just the big names, but a lot of people who sort of just came out from nowhere who are doing really well on Amazon and who have built a huge following. And so it definitely is possible, and it, it's definitely deserved. If you are providing value in terms of whether it's nonfiction advice in a book or maybe just entertainment in a fiction-type series, uh, you deserve to get paid for it. I mean, you put in the hard work, and people are, are getting value out of it. Uh, you, you deserve to make money from, from your art. Absolutely. And so there are many different ways to do it. And I think the best way to do it is to build an audience just from whatever. I mean, that's obviously building an audience alone isn't going to uh, make you money, but building an audience and then being able to uh, turn them into raping fans or, you know, survey them or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's different methods for different in terms of nonfiction or fiction. But I think even in a fiction book, if you were to build an audience and have this raving fan set who is there, I mean, they're going to buy every book that you come out with next. They're going to want to participate. they want, you know, people w- want to see you and have time with you, or they might fly out to see you, perhaps. Um, you know, we are also, as a, as a culture in this entire world, where we love, the people who create amazing things that entertain us, right? It's like mm-hmm. celebrities and movie stars. And you don't have to be a big name in order to be one of those types of people. Like people f- have flown out to see me speak. Like some people flew to Australia just to see me speak at pro at uh, this conference I just spoke to, which is like mind, ba- mind boggling to me. Like, it's crazy that somebody would do that, but because I've just been producing and, and, you know, providing value and I've communicated with my audience, they they want to do that. And so there are opportunities to make money and your audience will tell you or it'll become obvious once you sort of create that audience, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you just want to make sure you, you are always looking at their best interest in mind. I know a lot of people, including authors, who have tried to really squeeze sort of every dollar out of their audience where... You know, it's and this is mostly in the in the nonfiction space. But you know, they read a book, but the book is actually just a big business card for a for a, a, a continuity program to get into a course, and then in mm-hmm, that course mm-hmm. they upsell them coaching. And I'm not saying that's bad. If you're always providing value, that's good. But it's it, it's when you aren't honest and authentic about it, or you're just kind of using trickery to get people to pay you money. That that's that's not good. I'm all about being honest and upfront. And again, when you build that audience and you you gain that trust, you are able to then monetize it in ways that. Uh, can still provide value, but also pay you back at the same time.
0: And I think it's a sustainable thing and a long-term, you know, strategy, because the other option you mentioned, I think it's a a short-term thing, you know, after the first book, the people will already, you know, understand that uh, it's not really that genuine and most probably won't be buying the second book anymore.
1: Right, but... If you're writing on Amazon, I mean Amazon, for example, is one method of getting paid and that's that's a great first step, but how else can you provide value? That's the main question. How else beyond the book can you provide value? Another person who's done this really well is Michael Hyatt from michaelhyatt.com mm-hmm. who published his book Platform and now has Platform University where mm-hmm. he's brought people in to his life and uh, with videos and webinars and things like that. And, um, you know, that is a great way to bring a community who has read this book together and have them communicate with each other and have you sort of create this culture around this book that he's created. And that was a nonfiction book, but I know that can be done in fiction as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I see well thank you very much for this conversation I'm absolutely sure that it was very valuable and uh, the listeners got uh, many things they should think about now and think over and I'm sure that if uh, besides listening to this podcast they also take action uh, Mm -hmm. they will get somewhere I'm I'm absolutely sure about this
1: cool thank you so much for having me best of luck to everybody out there
0: well, that was your today's dose of knowledge, inspiration, and encouragement. If you need some more, please check out my website at www.anialexander.com. Also, if you are really serious about sharing your story with the world and self-publishing your book, please see the page at www.anialexander.com backslash get help. I repeat www.anialexander.com backslash get help and maybe we will make it happen together. You will have a new episode on Monday. I don't know what it will be about or who it will be with. But since I'm committed to stick to my schedule, you will definitely have something. So meet you then. And now go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. Right.